the Lord really called each one of us Amen. to rise up both in our daily life and also in the church life. Amen. But the Lord always calls us. Amen. Once the Lord calls us, He never lets us go. And each time He calls us, He wants us to go higher Amen. and higher Amen. until we arrive at the height of Mount Zion, Amen. the reality of the body of Christ. Amen. And we treasure another gathering uh, with Brother Benson and Brother Bob. Amen. And I just pray that all of us would empty our spirits <laughs> so that we would be so poor in spirit, ready to receive the Lord's fresh up-to-date speaking to all of us. Amen. I believe the Lord will open His heart to us and we will respond in kind by rising up to give ourselves afresh for the building up of the body of Christ expressed in the church in Anaheim. Amen. So here is Brother Benson, uh, who is a father to us, as well as Brother Bob. <laughs> so the fathers are opening their hearts to the children. Amen. We welcome their fellowship. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. So good we're in the church line. Amen. Um, well, I, I, uh, I didn't really prepare to say anything, but, um, you know, when I heard about this meeting, I felt, oh, I should be there. <laughs> because I have a burden for the church, Amen. you know, uh, and I believe we all have a burden for the church. Right? We, 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 we appreciate Christ as our inner life. We thank Him that we can experience Him in our daily life. But this is not the end, right? This is all for the church life. Amen. And uh, this is for the testimony of Jesus. Amen. Right? We found out in the conference that the testimony of Jesus is the local churches. Amen. So that puts the local churches in a very important place in God's economy. Right? Um, we know that Christ is God's testimony. He is God's expression. He's God's embodiment. Right? He's, he's all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Him bodily. And, and as God's embodiment, then He, he can be God's expression. Right? He can, whatever He is, whatever He does, whatever He says, just expresses God. But God is not satisfied just to have an expression in Christ. He wants an enlarged and expanded expression. Amen. Right? So that's why we're here. Right? Amen. We're here for God's enlarged and expanded corporate expression. Amen. The corporate reproduction of this all-inclusive, wonderful Christ Amen. who is God's witness and testimony. Um, and I, you know, uh, so we have, to, we have to be for the church. Amen. We can't just be for our inner life or for our daily life, or for our family life, right, or for our personal life. We really need to be for the church. Amen. The Lord is really for the church. He's the church-loving Christ, right? He loves the church, gave himself up for the church. And uh, therefore, we all need to be one with him, to be absolutely for the church. And it's hard to be for the church if we're not for the church in our locality, Amen. right? To be practically for the church, we need to be for the church where we are. Amen. And so, um, when I came into the recovery, I was 28 years old, so I was a young adult already. Um, 
But the thing that caught me, this before I heard Brother Lee speak, but the thing that caught me was the testimony of Jesus. I just saw Christ living in the saints. Uh, I went to a gospel meeting and um, there was some testimonies given and as the saints spoke about Christ and their experience of Christ, I just saw the reality of this living person in the saints. And I got attracted uh, and I, I, felt I didn't realize there was such a thing on the whole earth. So wonderful and marvelous as what I was witnessing there. So I made the decision that night. I was going to leave my denomination. I want to be with these people. <laughs> I just want to be with these people who know Christ, who experience Christ, and who have Christ as their life and as their reality. So, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into at all. But uh, uh, the Lord was merciful to me and shepherded me into the church life. And uh, that was in Long Beach when the church was first there in 1973. And then after that, we moved to Huntington Beach and Anaheim. That was a big move to Orange County uh, with Brother Lee going to Anaheim. And uh, about 450 other saints came to Anaheim. And then about 300 went to Huntington Beach. So um, anyway, the church was really the center of our life, really, you know, um, in those days, we didn't have small group meetings. We didn't have prophesying. We didn't have many of the things that we have today that really help us to practice the church life. We just had the Lord's Day morning. Uh, we had service group meetings. Uh, I was in cleaning and arranging. And, uh, you know, I, we just served. We just served. We cleaned the bathrooms. We arranged the chairs, vacuumed the floors. We just served. We were there just to have the church life as we knew it at that time. And, uh, and, and I, I feel that I owe so much to the church. You know, I, I say that uh, whatever I am, whatever I have, uh, I owe, first of all, it seems to me, to the ministry, right, that has ministered so much of the riches of Christ to us. Amen. But then, what would I, where would I be without the church? Amen. The church, I, 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 you know, I owe everything to the church. Uh, so, uh, this is where the Lord's heart is. Ultimately, we need the ministry. The, but the ministry is for the church. We need the work. We need the spreading, right? We need the Lord's move everywhere. But what is that for? It's for the church. God's goal is the church, right? He wants to gain the church as his corporate testimony. The corporate reproduction of himself. So that's where his heart is. Uh, and everything is for the church. So what should we be for? We should just be for the church. Amen. Wherever we are, we're for the church. Amen. Right? And we know that there are some marvelous examples in the New Testament of those who were for the church. Right? They lived for the, for the church life, for the building up of the church. This is, the, this is on the Lord's heart. Right? This is where his heart beats. Uh, you know, uh, he, he longs to have the built-up church as his expression on the earth that will be um, ultimately become his bride, right, for, for his ultimate satisfaction. But without the church, he cannot be satisfied. And nor can we be satisfied, right? We cannot be satisfied. Um, you know, Raleigh said, 
something like the church is the apple is the tree and the body of Christ is the fruit. And the satisfaction is in the fruit, not in the tree. It's in the apple. Right? So we are here. We are in the church, but we're for the body. Right? But we can't be for the body without being for the church in our locality. Right? The body we know is universal and is very abstract uh, in a sense. Although we're seeing more and more of it, and through the blending we're experiencing more and more of it, but still it's not practical uh, without the local church life. So I just feel like uh, it's not too much for us just to give ourselves anew for the church life. Lord, we're here for the church. This is where your heart is. This is what you want. And this is what we want, right? We want to see your heart desire realized. So, um, before I began to serve the Lord full time, I was just in the church life. And uh, I, just, uh, I just thank the Lord for the church life. Uh, sometimes I have to travel, you know, to take care of things in the work. But I still love the church life. I just love the church life. And I'm so thankful that uh, the Lord is raising up another generation. You know, the, the, as I said before, the delight of our us older ones is the younger ones. To see the Lord raising you up, you know, to, to be the, uh, the waste of the church, the, the trunk of the church, to bear the main burden for the church life. Um, uh, anyway, I, I just feel that this is a wonderful time that we're having. I appreciate all the fellowship we've had so far. May the Lord speak to us again tonight Amen. and touch our heart anew Amen. that we would have a fresh consecration to Him for the church, Amen. for His heart desire, uh, that we would live, we would live by Him as our inner life. We would live in our daily life, whether it's working, studying, serving full time. Christ is our inner life for our daily life. But our daily life is for the church life. Amen. Right? We, we need to come together. We need to come together in the church. And we need to function mutually for the building up of the church. We need to, in the meetings, we really need to function. Right? We need to open our mouth to release Christ from within. Right? To pray, to praise, to prophesy, to speak for the Lord, and then to shepherd others. Um, and so forth, just ministering this wonderful Christ to one another so that He can increase in us. Right? We want to see the increase of Christ. Amen. Nothing de delights us more than seeing the increase of Christ. Amen. More and more of Christ. Amen. We just want more and more of Christ. Amen. This wonderful person Amen. to grow in us, to fill us, with Himself and to be expressed through us mutually and corporately. Anyway, uh, I'll just uh, stop there. But I just thank the Lord that uh, the Lord brought me into the church. Amen. Oh, how glorious the church is. Amen. And uh, it's so supplying to be in the church. To be a, just a member. All we want to be is a member. Amen. A living, functioning member. Um, so, just for the building up. The Lord said, I will build my church. Amen. And He will build His church. Amen. But He will build His church through us.
So we need to give himself say, Lord, give ourselves, say, Lord, we are here for the building of the church. Amen. So that you can have your heart desire. Amen. Amen. Okay. Glad that Bob could take a few minutes, even though he wasn't uh, anticipating sharing anything. I'm glad he did. And I thank the Lord for what David had to also say. But at any rate, brothers, uh, as far as I know, <laughs> what did I do? Put that on wrong? Okay, you have to help me. All right, anyhow, uh, there's about 50 of us that are here this evening. Uh, a little over that, some, a few trainees are here. Uh, so it's, it's wonderful that the Lord could bring over 50 of us together. Amen. You know, we have done this in three other occasions. First with the uh, Chinese-speaking saints, then with the Spanish-speaking saints, well, first with the Korean-speaking saints, uh, then, actually, it's with the Spanish-speaking saints second and the Chinese-speaking saints thirdly. And in those meetings, we had uh, over 40. So, uh, there was from, let's say, 110 to 120 now that have joined us for this kind of fellowship. And that is very encouraging. Uh, approximately 40, 40, 40. Uh, two or three of them were less than that. Uh, but at any rate, this number came together and we had the fellowship. Amen. Well, now our intention is to meet three more times, and that's just with the English-speaking saints, divided up District 1, District 2, District 3. And we're anticipating that there will be uh, maybe a, before it's all over, maybe 150 just among the English-speaking saints. At least 120 to 150. I don't know what the number will turn out to be. But now, all of us are in District 1. And if you want to look around and see who are the young adults in District 1, you're looking at them. You know, when the three gatherings that we had last summer. Uh, one thing that was pointed out uh, in that meetings, those meetings, is you know in the Word, brothers, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, this age category becomes a very important age category in whatever the Lord is doing to carry out His work. You know, in the Old Testament, you had... Uh, different categories from zero to five, one month old and to five years and, you know, then another age category. And eventually uh, you had an age category of, uh, uh, 
they reached up to 20, and then 20 to uh, 50, I think, something like this, and then above 50. I don't know if those are the exact years, but the, the center of that is the, this age 20 to 50, or 30 to, 30 to 50, actually. Uh, the, there was an age category of up to 25, and then 25 to 30, as they were preparing for the priesthood, and then the service from 30 to 50. And the most uh, important age category was this age category. And the reason we know that it is, the Lord wanted each one to give a certain amount of shekels to the temple according to their age. And the age that gave the most in shekels to the temple was this age of 30 to 50. They, the Lord required more of them. And this indicates that they were the most important serving ones among the children of Israel. Then after 50, the amount of shekels that the Lord required that they give every year began to get lower and lower. And then as they got older, the lower the amount of shekels were. It started out quite low at one month, almost nothing. Then after 50, it began to go down. So, brothers, this age category, even in the Old Testament, uh, in typology, was very much in the Lord's heart and the means whereby he carried out his move among the children of Israel. This age category is a, a wonderful age. And I, I can testify, I was much stronger and vigorous and, you know, wanting to serve the Lord and wanting to carry out the Lord's recovery uh, during those years myself. And, uh, of course, after those years, it wasn't that I had that same kind of feeling. I still have that same kind of feeling today, but I'm a little different than I was then. It's hard for me to be that vigorous, <laughs> and it's hard for me to, to carry out the service in the way that I carried them out in that age category. But all of you are in this age category, and this age category being, to me, the most important age category in the church to carry out the Lord's work is very, very significant. Of course, in both the Old Testament and in the experience in the church today, those who are older, they should have reached a degree of maturity so that they can help to perfect all the ones that are coming behind them. But the ones to carry out this work is in this age category because you've got something that, you know, we didn't have the maturity to enter into at one stage of our life. Now we get beyond this, this area. Then it's hard for us to be able to carry out that uh, unless you're a very unusual person. Well, this is part of the reason that we want to pay attention to the young adults in the church life. Brothers, if the church in Anaheim is going to be built up and the church life here is going to become prevailing, 
It must be that this age category rises up in the church life. Whether it's in the realm of caring for the young people. You know, it's very interesting. You have the children. uh, Then you have the high schoolers. uh, Then you have the college age. uh, And then there's a category of the training, trainees. And then there's a big category of what we're calling young adults following this other category. And I would say even uh, age-wise, those in the training are also in the same category. But they're not so free until they have uh, completed their, their perfecting during that time. But brothers, this, there is a, a large portion of the church life below this age category. And the young adults need to step up to bear the responsibility for this age category. Look at all those in college age. Look at all the high schoolers. I know those of you that were in District 1 this morning. Wasn't that a marvelous sight with all those young people standing up and prophesying this morning? How do you feel about that, Samuel? That used to be you. And then it used to be you in college age. It used to be you in the training. It used to be, you know. But now, praise the Lord, you're in another category. And all of us in this room are in another category. I would say except Bob and me. (laughs) But not much you can do about that. Time just marches on. I would never have dreamed, I I hope, but I would never have dreamed that I'd be this old. You know, that I'd reach the age that I am. I don't like to say old. That's kind of a bad word. (laughs) Anyhow, uh, to have reached this this age. Well, brothers, I want to, and then look after this age category of, say, 40 to 45. And there's a the middle age, and those are those, there are those that are older than middle age, and then there are the ones that are even older than that. They also need to be cared for in the church. And who's going to do that job? Well, of course, the ones older, they can somewhat shepherd themselves, and they can shepherd others and maybe even perfect some. They're still useful. But the ones that should rise up the most is this age category to meet the needs and those of those before you and those of you after you. Amen. You know, we had some fellowship, just like in the matter of shepherding the older saints and the middle-aged saints. If you would go up to any of these after the meetings to shepherd them, and by that, meant, by that I mean have some fellowship with them, they will be so happy and they will be so they will feel so cared for by your shepherding just contacting them just going up to them and say we're all in the same district and i don't know your name i would like to know you and i would like to have more fellowship with you even just to have this kind of contact will shepherd them and i to the uttermost i would say Amen. 
because they love all those who are younger than them. And when one or two come up to them and shepherd them just in a very simple way, of course, if you can get into the, the Word or into the truth, that's even better. But don't expect that. Uh, but to care for them, brothers and sisters, this is a marvelous thing. And Brother Lee told us some, some of the best shepherding is done a few minutes before the meeting, a few minutes after the meeting, and, of course, going to their homes, of course. We don't uh, make that a light thing. But just having the contact by this age group means a lot in the church. Well, I just say this, brothers, to impress you again how we feel about this age category in the church in Anaheim. Of course, Bob and I, as it turns out, will be with the other district, but, but Bob and I are in District 1. So we see y'all almost every Lord's Day, if you're there and we're there. So we have a particular contact. We're all in District 1. And brothers, I can just see every Lord's Day, and even there's a kind of a burden in me, if all the young adults would rise up, what a marvelous reality it would bring into District 1. Uh, so many of you prophesying, so many of you in the prayer meeting, praying and exercising, and so many of you carrying out the practical service in the church. That would be a great thing. And when this age category takes the lead, then the others just spontaneously follow. Uh, so I, again, I like to say, you know, we're, there's no demand in the church. But there is the fellowship. And I hope we all could realize uh, what is among us. And you look at District 1, you know, this morning, uh, I would estimate we had 150 in the prophesying meeting, uh, approximately 150. Well, there's 50 right here. And if we all were in the meeting on Lord's Day morning, so of course I know sometimes some of you in the children's meeting, some are doing this and some are doing that. But if we all were in the meeting, uh, this Lord's Day, and I don't know who was there and who wasn't there, but if these 50 cared for the other 100, what kind of building work would go on in the church in Anaheim? In District 1, of course, it's the same in District 2 and it's the same in District 3. I think we'll have just about the same number when we gather the next two Lord's Day evenings. Well, brothers... Uh, I don't know if the number will come out to one-third of the church in, in the meetings on the Lord's Day. Uh, probably will be close. That is in this age category. But if one of us is taking care of two others in a kind of an average way every Lord's Day, just that amount of shepherding will build up the church in Anaheim. Uh, the value that you all are to the church is great. And it depends on your consecration. It depends on your burden. But we hope that through this time together, 
our burden would increase and our consecration would grow and we would care for the other saints in the church little by little to build them up. Uh, don't think that it's just the older ones that should do this job. They should do their part. And there are a number among those who are older that are very burdened for the building up of the church. But how about the young adults? Uh, you know, sometimes I know there's a feeling that we can't do much. We're just young people. Or, you know, we're not older. And we should hold back. Or, or we don't have the feeling we can go forward. Well, brothers and sisters... I hope that in our fellowship that we're having and we will continue to have with you all, uh, that you would realize that we are here just saying, Go on. Go on. Uh, You know, in many areas and have the skills in those areas that we don't have. But be burdened for the building up of the church. Whatever the Lord would burden you for. Of course, we'd like to have fellowship. That's good. Uh, but we are fully trusting in your realization and your burden of the needs that are in the church in Anaheim and to rise up to meet those. I mean, I'd like to ask you concerning the prayer meeting, um, are we exercised to be in that meeting? Uh, that's a very important meeting. And someone has to be there to take the lead in the prayer and to pray and even to say amen. Praise the Lord that the prayer meeting is very encouraging. But the more the young adults rise up to be in that meeting and to function, the more the prayer will become prevailing. The more it will move the hand of the Lord and the carrying out of all the aspect of his recovery. Amen. And you know, brothers, uh, I've told you all this uh, before, but my wife and I were this age category at one time. We came into the recovery. I was uh, 22. And then she came in at, uh, uh, well, I guess about 20, something like that. And then we'll be married later. But we uh, uh, we just wanted to give ourselves for the building up of the church. Amen. And we felt the weight of responsibility Amen. in the building up of the church. Amen. And I hope all of you would feel this kind of weight Amen. and be burdened to build up the church. And prophesying on the Lord's day and in the table on the Lord's day. And the shepherding of the saints. And all the needs that are in the church. Even the practical needs. For all the young adults to be burdened and to rise up. Every need can be cared for in the church. All the shepherding needs. All the practical needs. All the ministry needs. Everything can be. Uh, cared for in the church in Anaheim.
And I, I know I know the other brothers are the same, but I just dream. You know, I can just close my eyes and just see all the young adults rising up in the church in Anaheim. And I believe this is one of the most crucial matters that the church in Anaheim is facing. And that is the rising up of all the young adults to care for the building up of the church. I don't know if we all were in the meeting this morning, but let's say we all were in the meeting. That would mean there was 50 of us in the meeting. Well, there were probably 150 total in the meeting. That is really something. And this age category is crucial for the building up of the church. If we all are exercised, then the building up of the church will go forward. I, I, I can assure you. And I just kind of dream about this sometimes. Look at all those brothers. Look at all those sisters. Look at them. Just, there they are. And the Lord has done a marvelous thing. And I just praise the Lord all the time that He has brought this kind of number into the church in Anaheim. And I expect in the coming days there will be more and more increase. I think you realize the numbers in the church in Anaheim on Lord's Day morning is getting larger steadily. And after a few weeks or a few months, you notice the increase that is there among us. Who's bearing this all this fruit? I don't know. I don't know if it's the kids or the <laughs> college age or the young adults or the middle age or the older ones. I don't know. But they're there and they're in the meeting. And you all know how good the meeting was this morning. And it's, I think it's about the same as it is nearly every time. But, right, Ryan? And it was so enjoyable. Amen. And so much in, in the Lord's presence and under the Lord's anointing. And the Lord is with us in the church in Anaheim, brothers. But we need the young adults to bear the function that only they can bear. And our burden and our prayer is that all of you would just enter into the burden and rise up. And don't look for direction that much. If the direction comes, praise the Lord. If it doesn't come, praise the Lord. Just carry out your burden. And uh, we'll see the gradual building up of the church. Well, I would like to... Uh, I share this with you. I think uh, we passed out something along this line, but I like to uh, uh, pass out something further. I would just like to go through these quickly, and this is this is where, uh, and I would say it's my main burden uh, that I would like to share with you, brothers and sisters. <coughs> You know, the song that we're saying, the inner life, for the daily life, for the meeting life, for the church life. Uh, this is what we're talking about here. And the first thing is to build up our inner life. And that inner life 
is for our daily life. And that daily life is for the meeting life. And that meeting life is for the building up of the church life. Amen. And brothers, I would say that these four uh, areas are embodied in these, these 12 points. And uh, I would just like to go through these with you and then uh, maybe hear some sharing from you all. Our goal to enter into the organic practices for living an overcoming life. Well, brothers, I believe our goal is for the building up of the church is before all of us. And I believe you all are responding or you wouldn't be here tonight. And I believe you all are burdened for the building up of the church. I just believe we all have the same goal. And we're here to reach that goal together as we go on in the building up of the church. Well, how's it going? Um, And our goal to carry this out is to enter into the organic practices for living an overcoming life. And I would just like to read these 12 points to you. First of all, having a scheduled living including the following. Brothers, we need, and by the Lord's mercy, to enter into a kind of scheduled living as much as uh, we can enter into such a living. Because with a scheduled living, much, much more is accomplished than just doing everything randomly day by day without any goal and no schedule. You know, in the world, uh, people work from 8 to 5, you know, roughly. And because there is this 8 to 5 schedule that is demanded by the boss or the owner of the company, something is accomplished every day. And uh, there's a building up there. If, they did, if there was no schedule required by the company, uh, there wouldn't be this kind of production. But because it's scheduled, and every day, at least five days, you're required to be there. You have to get up at a certain time. You have to get on the road by a certain time. You have to get there by a certain time. You have to have lunch at a certain time. You have to finish up at a certain time. You have to go home at a certain time and have dinner with your family at a certain time. It's all a schedule living. People in the world, that's just the way they live. They have a schedule life. If they didn't have it, they wouldn't produce anything. Well, we need to have a schedule living. Of course, our schedule is not just you know, caring for a, a job in the world. But our schedule living is in our daily life to carry out God's economy. But without a schedule living, not much will be realized by us. You know, the prime example is Brother Lee. And some of you didn't know him and maybe never heard him speak except on the video. But that person lived a scheduled life. When he went to bed, that was scheduled. When he got up, 
that was scheduled. When he started serving and carrying out his work, that was scheduled. When he had tea, that was scheduled. When he had lunch, that was scheduled. When he rested, that was scheduled. And, and then, of course, when he began to meet with people, that was scheduled. And because of that, uh, he accomplished so much. You know, Brother Lee, when he would start preparing for one of the semi-annual trainings, he would start uh, in, on January, the 1st of January, getting ready for the uh, summer training. And how did he get ready? He spent this many hours today, this much time tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day, and then all of a sudden all the outlines come up and all the preparation is, is there, and he's ready to conduct the training. This is just the way he did it. Right, Samuel? You lived under the same roof with Brother Wu. Not in the same house, but the same roof. You were under the same roof. <laughs> and... Uh, Samuel observed Brother Lee. Uh, and I got to observe him to a limited degree. But I remember the first time I came out to Anaheim and saw him. That was during the destruction of... Destruction? Construction. <laughs> of the uh, Anaheim meeting hall. <laughs> with, with my involvement, it was probably more destruction than... <laughs> But anyhow, I came from Texas and from Dallas, and I was out here for about 10 months during that construction, taking care of all the purchasing of the matters related to the construction of that building. Well, I was here 10 months, and I, I was with them nearly, at sometimes it was every day of every week, and sometimes it wasn't that, that many times. But we were together again and again, and I observed uh, his living during that time. And uh, the way he carried out it out was in a schedule way. I mean, if he set up a time, uh, he expected you to be there on time because he was going to be there on time. So we always learned to be there five minutes early, standing on the uh, outside of his house, and at so-and-so time, we just pushed the ring the doorbell <laughs> because he's expecting you. You know, when I was in Russia, uh, we needed to have a lot of fellowship with Brother Lee then. And I, one time I was with him, I said, Brother Lee, is, when is the best time to call you? Can, can you give me a time uh, to call you? And he said, Called me at 5 p.m., you know, whenever we, we need to talk. And so 5 p.m. would come when I need to call him. I would always send him an email and tell him, ask him this question, that question, that question, and we need this kind of fellowship. And I'll be calling you, calling you this afternoon. And you know what time 5 o'clock was for me? It was 4 a.m. 
but I, I was always on time <laughs> because I knew he'd be there expecting my call, you know, at 5 p.m. out here at Anaheim. And one time I made an appointment with him, and I heard that he was very occupied at that time. And so I didn't go. And I, I didn't contact him. I, I thought he was really busy, and I, I shouldn't mess with him. Uh, anyhow, that evening he told somebody, Benson never called. What, what happened? <laughs> he was just that kind of person. Uh, he was scheduled. He expected you to be scheduled. And, uh, of course, even that matter was, was quite a good training by him. But that's why he accomplished so much. And while we were out here, he had, uh, I think it was at the time, he had three meetings in the evening uh, during the week. Of course, he was in the prayer meeting. He was in the Lord's Day meeting. And he carried out all of those. Plus, he was writing the notes for the upcoming trainings. And he was holding conferences throughout the United States and doing a lot of things. Uh, and I, I always wondered, how can one man do so much? Finally, I found out the reason. He lived a schedule life. And all the things that he accomplished was directly out of living this kind of life. Well, uh, Bob, I know, is more scheduled than I am. But, uh, <laughs> anyhow, my children know how scheduled I am. But, brothers, if we're going to accomplish anything, and we're going to enter into the, the Lord's way fully, and we're going to enter into all the organic practices for living and overcoming life, we have to have a scheduled living. Amen. And I know... If you're not practicing this kind of living, when you walk out of this door, you're not going to begin living a schedule living. But you can have a start. And that start eventually will bring you further and further and further until you're living another kind of life. Uh, but if we can all live in this kind of way, Burden to serve the Lord and build up the church. You know. Okay? And then I, I say, including the following. In the schedule living, we must be brought into several aspects, if possible. Number two, consecrating day. And I hope, brothers and sisters, every day, you would consecrate yourself anew Amen. to the Lord. Amen. At least every day. Wow. Every day without fail, wow. we must consecrate ourselves to the Lord. Amen. Maybe the time when you would do this would be at the time of having the morning revival with the Lord. But we need to consecrate ourselves. And if you forget about it, you know, you think of it at 10 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Still, you know, just kind of 
get away a little bit and just consecrate yourself to the Lord. This gives the Lord opportunity to begin to come to you and to lead you and direct you because you're giving your life over to Him every day. And brothers, this will bring in another kind of living. But it starts with our consecration. And number three, we need to build up our living so that every morning we would have what we call morning revival. And we would do this every day. Of course, sometimes things come in and you're not able to do that in the morning. Do it sometime else during the day. But get with the Lord and have a time with the Lord to have a kind of reviving with the Lord. Brothers, we, we must learn to live this way. Amen. And I think some of you are. And, uh, but we all need to rise up in this way. Every day we are revived. Every day. Okay. Then, uh, uh, four, we need to read the Word every day. And I put here at least one chapter of the Word, including the footnotes. If you would do that, and I would do that, that becomes a great supply to our spiritual life. And it brings us in contact with the Lord. Again, even after morning revival, when you come to the Word in this way, just reading it and absorbing that Word, that becomes our strength and that becomes our revelation. Amen. And we, because we're in the Word, we have the way to serve the Lord and carry out the things that He would give us. Amen. We need to read the Word daily, brothers and sisters. Of course, if you can read more than uh, one chapter and all the footnotes, do that. But do your best to, and on a basic level to read the Word at least one chapter a day, including the footnotes. We need the Word. We also need the interpreted Word. And this is what the footnotes provide along with the Word. Five. Reading the ministry daily. And I put here three to five pages or one message. Uh, every day, you can read at least three to five pages. But it's better you read at least uh, one message a day. Uh, but just, just lay what you're reading out on the counter. When you're washing dishes or whatever you're doing, you can read those three to five pages or a full chapter very easily. Amen. You know, all the chapters, I say, like life studies, you can read through one. And how long does it take you to read eight pages of life study? About 15 minutes. Okay. I don't know if we're all that fast or uh, we're faster. <laughs> <laughs> But anyhow, this is a good testimony. It just doesn't take that long. Yeah, that's right. Of course, we do our best to read what we're reading in a prayerful way. Yeah. 
expecting the Lord would speak to us and there would be revelation received by us and we would be seeing things all the time. But brothers, you just have to do it in a daily way. You know, a lot of you know Susanna's my daughter. She was in the train and uh, Dennis Agassi gave all the trainees an assignment. And that was to read through all the life studies of the New Testament in two years. Right? Two years. And in order to do that, you had to read one and a half life studies each day for two years. And he challenged all the, uh, all the trainees to do this. And uh, so Susanna wanted to do it. So Barbara and I thought, well, how about we just do it along with her? And in two years, we had read through all the life studies of the New Testament. And that's just one and a half life studies a day. We went through the whole New Testament life studies in that way. And I remember one time, just when I was in Russia, and uh, I got behind some of my reading, and we were in Hebrews. And some of the life studies in Hebrews are really long. <laughs> and... And I was in a bunch of those long life studies, and I, I missed, I got myself three weeks behind. And so I was there, and I had to read three life studies each day for three weeks to catch up. And I can still remember. You know, reading those three life studies every day because I was behind and there was, and I was in Hebrews. Uh, but, you know, I was able to do that. It was the Lord's mercy. Uh, that time I think I was in Russia for three weeks and I made a decision every day I'm going to read three life studies before I get back home. And praise the Lord, I went back home a victor. <laughs> but it wasn't easy. And I know to do this and to practice, you know, reading one life study a day. But it's not that much price to pay. And I hope, brothers and sisters, we all would practice in, in, in such a way. And then... Taking some time every day to pray. Of course, in the morning, in the morning revival, we'll probably pray reading some. That's why we have four or five verses in the Holy Word for morning revival. Well, not usually four or five, but uh, five to seven lines, or sometimes, you know, it's a few more lines. And we pray those are verses to pray read by us, to receive the nourishment and the supply from the Word. And also to, to uh, uh, see something and let the Lord speak to us. Amen. But, go along with that, brothers, we need to find a time to, to pray to the Lord daily. Amen. Uh, not just to pray about your health, and you may, but concerning God's move. Amen. You know, and your family maybe, but not just your family. How about the Lord's move on this earth? How about the church in Anaheim? You know, you just pray these kind of prayers to the Lord. Just pray 
If you can do it for ten minutes, that's quite marvelous. And you know, a lot of us are working. Some of us are not working. But you're working, right? Uh, Tell me your name again. Huh? Yeah, okay. I remember when he came in. He works at Stater Brothers. I remember where he works. But I have a hard time remembering his name. Anyhow, his wife's name is Rosita. That's a lot easier for me. Where are you? There you are. Rosita, right? Pretty close, anyhow. But I have a hard time remembering your name. Anyhow, he works very close to our place where we live. It was just down the street from here. Uh, you know, it's you just while you're chopping that, cutting up that meat. <laughs> you know, just pray Amen. or take a break. Amen. You know, and just pray to the Lord. Amen. That's a marvelous thing. Amen. Or you're driving to work or whatever you're doing, just pray. Amen. Pray to the Lord. And this becomes an enriching of your daily life. And also that prayer may accomplish many things for the Lord. Then, number seven, um, I would say uh, through six, these are really matters in our daily life. All these things are either well, I left, I left out. Praying daily and calling on the name of the Lord hourly, at least hourly. You know, if you're like me, I want to call on the name of the Lord hourly, or I want to call on the Lord much more than that. But, you know, sometimes I just wake up out of a slumber and realize I haven't even called on the Lord for, you know, all morning. You have that same problem, Andrew? (laughs) Well, you and I are not that spiritual. Anyhow, we just, you just forget. You know, you get involved in other things. And you don't call on the name of the Lord. Well, brothers, at least hourly, we need to call on His name. We need to call on His name. That is a great reviving to us. And then seven, joining a companion or companions in prayer two or three times a week. That may seem quite difficult. And I was thinking it's quite difficult. But we're among the saints. Some particular ones, the same ones, many times every week. We're just among them. We're with them. And if we would take some time just to pray, to be before the Lord, pray concerning the Lord's interest, maybe uh, praying for our families, but anyhow we're praying there and we're burdened there to carry out God's economy. And if you could be with two or three companions every week to pray, I don't say... It needs to be so long, but pray over the phone. And, you know, pray, come together and pray. And I was considering the other day, 
every, and I said, man, how can you do this? And I looked back over my time in the church life, and I realized that that's what I've been doing the whole time. The same brothers praying with them uh, more than twice or three times a week. You know, we're with saints all the time. It's better to pray with the same ones. But uh, anyhow, brothers, find a companion or companions to pray with. Uh, that's marvelous. I know some of you are practicing this way. Eight, attending the district meetings of the church weekly. The Lord's Day table and prophesying meetings and weekly prayer meeting of the church and functioning periodically in the meeting by speaking or praying. I couldn't say this to all the saints, but I believe I can say this to all of you who are the young adults. To be in the Lord's table meeting and the prophesying meeting uh, and the prayer meeting of the church every week is altogether necessary as we're building up ourselves and as we're building up the church. And then when we are in those meetings, we need to function periodically by speaking and praying. Speaking something verbally to all the saints and also uh, praying in the prayer meeting. Uh, just do your best. And uh, maybe you do it once a month or once every six months. At least you're doing something. And gradually, that will build up a practice within you. And you can do more and more. You can pray more. You can speak more. That is, mainly prophesy more. And brothers, as young adults, we need to look to the Lord that we might bear such a burden. Amen. Uh, whenever Lord's Day comes, get up in the morning. Have your daily morning revival with the Lord. Amen. Come to the day's readings and just read something. Amen. And then go to the meeting and speak something. And in the, in the table meeting, pray something. At least say amen strongly with the exercise of the Spirit again and again. Amen. Go to the prayer meeting. Don't allow yourself to miss that prayer meeting. Right. Brothers, the church in Anaheim needs the young adults in that meeting to pray. Amen. And to pray boldly and strongly. Uh, that means it will mean a lot to the church. Amen. Uh, just being there, even if you don't function in that way, just being there before the Lord with all the saints, it means something in God's economy. Amen. And, uh, you know, even find a way, at least young adults, y'all are the ones that are having the children, and I know the children are a problem. When it comes to attending the meeting, the meetings of the church, it is a big problem. But I know my wife and I, 
we just we disagreed with it being a problem. And Susanna can uh, testify. <laughs> she was in a babysitting group so much. And I know the other two kids that were older, uh, they never, I started to say miss a meeting. They, they weren't in the meetings most of the time, except the children's meetings. But we, the, you know, we just went. And we left our children with one of the sisters. The next meeting, the sisters left them with my wife. The next meeting, there was a third sister probably. And we took them to that, that wife. And they made those sisters. You know, me, I didn't participate in the babysitting period. <laughs> I had no way to help take care of the children in that way. But so the, the wives were doing all that job. And so brothers, I'm, I'm talking to sisters now. <laughs> It'd be good if you babysit some, whatever your arrangement is. But my arrangement was not that. I let my wife take care of that matter. And she was willing, so I was happy. <laughs> but anyhow, every meeting, you know, we'd take them to the meeting, the babysitting before the meeting, after the meeting, you know, we had to go pick them up and, you know, get them to bed. And, of course, they went to bed at babysitting. All those kids knew about 7.30 or 8 o'clock it was time to go to bed. If it was my bed or their bed. You know. <laughs> you know. Anyhow, we just lived that way. And Susanna's still alive and in the church life. <laughs> and Ben and Amy, you know, they're all in the church life. We all are in the church life. And, you know, that won't damage your child. Even if they lose 15 to 30 minutes of sleep on the meeting night, that's not very serious. That's not life-threatening. <laughs> a lot of things will be whispered in our ear that you know, we need to take care of our children and you know, make sure they get their adequate rest. Well, 15 to 30 minutes, they go to bed at a certain time and you, you pick them up not long after that. But at any rate, brothers, uh, we need to be in the prayer meeting. Okay? And the Lord's Day morning meeting. And the group meeting. <laughs> the group meeting, I think some of you even take the children to the group meeting, which is, you know, that's, that's not such a problem. Nine, joining or beginning a group meeting and attending that meeting weekly. Brothers, I don't know if we're all in a group meeting. Uh, I have a hard time being in a group meeting, and I know others have a difficult time because of some uh, various things that, that come up every week, or you're out of town, or so many things. But my brother here and me, we live, you know, It'd be three houses or four houses around the corner. It'd be four, I guess, a fourth house. Isn't that right? You come my way, it's four houses. I go your way, it's four houses. We live just very close. And we live right here. And uh, 
we, we've been canvassing the whole area around here. And how many families have we found? Yeah, at least that many. They live right here in this area. And so we've had the burden. He and I, we go visit all of them and just see is everyone in a group meeting? If they're not, okay, let's, how about we get together? We start a group meeting, you know, or we join a group meeting. Or, at any rate, though, we're in a group meeting every week. And I hope around every young adult there's a group meeting. Either started by you or joined by you. Well, like I said at the beginning, all this is not going to happen in a day. But at least we can have a goal. Amen. And endeavor to reach that goal. Amen. Then ten, visiting other saints twice each month for shepherding through feeding and caring for them. Either visiting them, I would say, or inviting them in your ho- to your home. Uh, some of us find it a difficulty to go out to visit and shepherd the saints. But we can invite them into our home. Really, I should put on here, uh, visiting other saints twice each month, or inviting some into your home at least twice each month for shepherding, uh, through feeding and caring for them. Amen. There's 50 of us here tonight, at least 50. If all of us, let's say, I don't know how many couples are here. Uh, there's quite a few. But let's say we've got uh, 35 units, maybe 40 units, but probably closer to 35 units. Can you imagine what would happen in District 1 if these 35, by units, I mean either a couple or a single brother or sister. And you brought the church into your home or you went out visiting the church. Uh, I'm talking about District 1 when I say church. Mainly District 1. I know we're all mixed up. But I'm talking about having people into our home. What kind of difference would that make in the church? Amen. If just we... Young adults picked up this burden to visit others and take care of them. I hope that that's what will happen in the church in Anaheim. And 11, preaching the gospel by visiting people. Preaching the gospel. Brothers, we need to be the shepherds, shepherding the saints. And we need to be the evangelists preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel by visiting people. What kind of people? People that you're with all the time. Colleagues. Friends. Relatives. Classmates. Neighbors. Then we also have ones in roads and hedges. We may not know them. These are those in the Gentile world are knocking on doors randomly twice each month and passing out gospel. This is kind of an addition, but it's in the gospel. And passing out gospel tracts with all diligence. Uh, We intend to, the first part of the year, to have fellowship with the church about this matter of gospel tracts. Brothers, 
gospel tracts. They're a reviving to the one passing them out. Plus, it's a salvation of many souls, probably. And with some being added to the church. And it's easy to pass out a gospel tract. You don't have to say a word. You know, just, you know, just hand them out. Of course, it's better if you say something along with the track. But whether you say something or not, your spirit will be stirred up, I'll assure you. Because you're, you're doing something for the interest of God's economy. But at any rate, what this is, is one time uh, each week we are participating in the care of people. The saints along with the unbelievers. The saints to revive them and help them. The unbelievers to save them and bring them into the church. So, and 10 and 11 really are a service once a week. And may, may we be able to pay this. All these things, brothers and sisters, were recommended by Brother Lee. It's not my recommendation. It's, right. not, it's, it's Witness Lee's recommendation. Right. And if you would have all the young adults, which represents one-third of the church, uh, for sure District 1 and I think the other districts as well, are very close, then you have one-third of the church practicing this kind of living. Wouldn't that be, become a marvelous church life? Uh, of course, it's all relative. It's pretty marvelous today, but it will be extra marvelous. We'll be in heaven. And 11, I mean 12, sanctifying our finances. Sanctifying our finances. That means that we're taking care of the Lord's economy with our finances, as well as using the finances for our own needs. Build up this kind of life. This is the time to practice this way. Amen. And gradually, uh, you'll, you'll hopefully, if you're giving 5%, you'll give 10%. And surely at least we all can give 10%. Uh, but many of you will be giving 12%, and you find out you can live just fine. And you start giving 15%. You find you can live on that. Then you, then you give 17%. You find out you also can live in the same way. And you give 20%. I, I believe a number of you one day will be giving 20% to the Lord. And generally it doesn't matter so much how much you're making. It depends on how you're living and what kind of standard you're living under. Uh, what we can do relate to our finances. But may the Lord do this. You know, to carry out the Lord's move, you need two things. You need men and you need money. Otherwise, the men, even if we get the men, but there's no finances, there's no way for them to move and to carry out their work. But we don't just want money. We want men too. Well, brothers, I'd like to fellowship these things with you. I'd like you to bring them to the Lord. Uh, I recommended one time when I fellowship, put this on your, uh, put it on your refrigerator. Put it on your refrigerator. 
And just every time you go by it, look at it. How about one? How about five? How am I doing? How about nine? You know. And I know you can't do it in a day. But little by little, brothers, we begin to do our best to practice this kind of life. The Lord will have a way in the church in Anaheim and in a way that He's never had before. Well, I know that uh, some of you do have children, and, you know, we do have to take care of them. Yeah. And some of you may feel you need to go now. If you do feel this way, uh, go. If you don't feel you need to leave right away, I was wondering if we might have a few testimonies. But some of you may feel you need to go and take care of your children. So feel free. And uh, Some wives are kind of looking around. I understand. I was a parent. So if, if we have something to say, how about we take a few minutes? Maybe Armin could start. <laughs> I feel like uh, remember we used to go to the mountain uh, to Big Bear yeah. age group from 25 mm-hmm. to 45 mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in the mountain hearing a fresh fellowship Amen. and I had the same feeling to put this on the refrigerator Amen. Amen. to go over it and uh, mostly I got touch is the point one scheduling. Mm-hmm. Because without scheduling, I cannot fulfill the rest. Mm-hmm. So praise the right. Lord. We consecrate fresh to the Lord today. Amen. And, and work on the schedule. Mm-hmm. The Lord's Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. I realize, looking at my life, that I do things mainly by habit, mm-hmm. and I need to build up a habit with each point. Some of these points, I do have a habit. Morning revival, reading the Bible, but I realize I just, if I can bring these into my habit, then I can accomplish them. And I realize, you know, things happen. You can't always attend every meeting, or you can't always have morning revival, or mm-hmm. you know, but. As long as it's my habit, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. But, but mm-hmm. the pro- problem is, what happens is, you get out of a good habit and you get into a bad habit. You know, like you, maybe you miss a few meetings and then eventually you drop the meeting. You know, you, 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 right. you stop reading the ministry or something mm-hmm. that comes in. Then that's when the, the, the warning lights need to go on. Because, oh, I'm getting out of a good habit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you get into it. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, I appreciate it. And I, I think like Ivan said, this needs to go on the refrigerator to remind me and my wife. Wow. Amen. These, these need to be just built up into our, our habit and then our, our Christian life, our church life will be uplifted. Amen. For everybody, your experiences have guided me come differently, but one thing I've noticed with my experiences of the Lord was asking for these experiences. Amen. Like, yeah. For example, like, uh, say I read a um, ministry message about being obedient, and I'm like, hmm, am I being obedient? Am I being this certain way or that certain way? Right. Instead of uh, spending so much time pondering on it, I would say, Lord, 
Show me and teach me what it is to be obedient to you. Really faithful to bring you into that experience. And uh, looking at this uh, list here, I can see a whole book of prayers. You know, yeah. <laughs> the Lord, show me what it is to have a scheduled living in California to build it up. Amen. That's right. Amen. I'm encouraged tonight to see that, you know, the goal to enter into this organic practice. The, the, the 12 things that um, the brother mentioned is, is something that seems very high, but in reading each one, it, it doesn't seem like it's this really heavy burden. Each mm-hmm. one seems to be a lot lighter right. than what, what is conveyed. Yeah. But the whole package, we enter into this organic living. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we need all of them in order to really practice these things. Right. And um, I was just really... Um, exposed on one sense is, is that all of these things, uh, you know, I'm looking at it and I don't, I don't want to speak out of my natural strength and say that these are doable, but really they, they are doable. That's <laughs> right. right. They are something that can be practiced yeah. in Amen. our daily life, no matter how busy we are. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to say, uh, every time we have, we do have a meeting like this, uh, I really get exposed. Um, although, you know, I can make a lot of excuses, those are just the natural excuses. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I really, I really need to practice the contemplating daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, even my wife said that uh, she read that uh, even hourly. And we, we need to practice a concentrating life hour, mm-hmm. every hour, because right. you do get distracted. Mm-hmm. Uh, either it's a job or whatever it is that you're doing, kids, a family, home. But if we are if we are not in in our spirit, in our then we are in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then right. either we we're only expressing two things: either we're expressing Christ or the enemy. Amen. Amen. There's no middle ground. Mm-hmm. So I just need the Lord Jesus to contemplate myself daily. Amen. 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 You know, I'd really tell uh, tonight's fellowship, it's not that the Brother Benson or Brother Bob want us to do this. Yeah. I think it's the Lord wants us to do this. Amen. The Lord wants us to have a schedule line. Amen. The Lord wants us to have a consecration line. Amen. The Lord wants us to be useful in His church. Amen. Uh, I can testify when I was in Russia. Uh, there was a little bit of time I couldn't live a very uh, strict life. Then I just prayed to the Lord, Lord, put me into an environment that I could really live a schedule life. Amen. You know, after that, the Lord just put me in the training center. Similarly, <laughs> 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 when I was in St. Peter's, before I come back, I told the Lord, I want to be in a place that I can really live a schedule life. I don't want to waste my life. You know, life is short on the earth. Right. So the Lord, uh, as the Lord, give me an environment that I can live really uh, strictly according to the schedule. And the Lord put me back again, trying to set My point is, you know, saying our time is precious. Uh, we so easy to you know waste our time in mm-hmm. not important things. We mm-hmm. couldn't have time to talk in telephone three thirty minutes, you know, 
40 minutes, but we don't have time to pray. 10 minutes. So, it is really the enemy's strategy you know, to, to, to fill our time. Amen. We really need to redeem the time. Amen. I, I really appreciate such a fact. Wow. It's the Lord's word. It's Amen. the Lord reminding us Right. We need to incite one another. Mm-hmm. If we really do these 12 points, we can become all vital. We can become all fruit bearers. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in uh, Church Anaheim for about three and a half months. Uh, I just joined myself to Anaheim Community Team. You know, I went with went out with them almost every weekend. And just spontaneously, I even didn't struggle. Just spontaneously, we were... Uh, we were able to bring two remaining fruits Amen. and wow. another two are on the way. Amen. So Amen. it's just a matter of using our time. Amen. You give yourself, you practicing this, you attach yourself to some private group or community team, you just feel up. Then you will see the fruit. Amen.
like that. But um, one of the other things I enjoyed is uh, passing out the tracks. I remember um, before I came in the Lord's recovery, um, I kept a track with, um, somebody gave me a track, and I kept that track with me for about a year in my pocket. I used to read it all the time. And uh, so that's really worked. Amen. Amen.
what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, I shouldn't be here. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. But um, I know that mm-hmm. I have no way to complete all 12 items. Mm-hmm. But even just picking one point. Right. Starting with that. Yeah. yeah. You know, right. that's progress. Right. Yeah. So to me, that's real progress. Because yeah. two meetings ago, I was like, no way, not even one point. So Paul tells us, practice these things. Be in them. And let your progress maybe manifest to all. So maybe in the uh, uh, future gatherings, uh, which will take place in January, some of us can even give testimonies. In this particular step and in that particular step, I did make progress. You know, uh, I just appreciate Brother Benson's word that he has a dream that all the young adults in District 1 would function according to their measure for the building up of the church line. And this is actually the Lord's dream. And brothers and sisters, this must become our dream. You know, and some of us may say, this is too heavy a burden on us, right? I was reminded of what Brother Lee said. He said, if you do not, if you're not willing to bear a burden that the Lord gives you, Satan will put his burdens on you. This is Bradley's word. And that's really our experience, isn't it? When we refuse a burden that the Lord gives us, we find ourselves bearing Pharaoh's burdens, which are actually much more heavy, much more burdensome, and much more painful, right? So uh, our brother points out that when we refuse a burden that the Lord gives us, we also refuse the Lord's grace and blessing He intends to give us. Because when He gives us a certain kind of burden, He intends to give us grace and blessing to meet that need. So brothers and sisters, let us us not refuse the burdens that the Lord will give us, lest we refuse also the Lord's grace, life, and blessing. And I believe we all can take step by step. You know? And this is doable because there is a person in us who lived this kind of life described in all these 12 points. And there's a life in us that loves to live out these 12 points. And there's a person in us who becomes happy only when we practice these 12 points. Right? So praise the Lord for this gathering. Thank you all for coming again to this gathering. We thank the Wijona family for providing the house and delicious meal. I'd like to thank our brother Benson and uh, Bob for sharing with us according to the Lord's burdens. So finally, we will have two more gatherings church-wide on the 7th and 14th of January. We all would like to see you there as well. As well as next Lord's Day morning. And this coming Tuesday night prayer meeting. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Put one more meeting on this on this schedule.